Glory, God. Hallelujah. We will just wait. Amen. Let God do what he need to do. Hallelujah. 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 You know it's all right to praise him. Because nobody know like you know what God has done. Amen. And God has done the miraculous in some of our lives. Amen. We could not have made it without him. So if we began to look back over our lives and see where we were and where we are now, that deserves a praise. Amen. That deserves a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't wait to praise him. Because we never know what's ahead. Amen. So we praise him on a continual basis because God is just that good. Come on, our belly should be full of praise. It should be so full of him that we just have to get it out. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 We are, we're going to just be still for a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to hear God? Isn't it good to know what he want to do? Hallelujah. 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 Glory God. Hallelujah. See, God is still moving. I'm just waiting. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Praise is what I do, Athea. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God, Sister Phyllis, God is faithful. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your voice and just worship. Glory, God. 
Hallelujah. Just lift your voice in Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Lift your voice in worship. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Oh, the Spirit of God is moving on those who worship. Hallelujah. Somebody just wave those hands. Glory, God. We just honor your presence today. Glory, God. We just honor your presence tonight, Holy Spirit. That's all we really want, Lord, is just to be where you are. Glory, God. Just Hallelujah. to be in your presence. Hallelujah, God. We honor you. Praise is what I do. And I want to be close to you. I lift my hands in prayer.
say praise is what I do. Praise is what I do. Even when I'm going through. When I'm going through. See, I've learned. I've learned. To worship. To worship. See, I want to let the devil know tonight. No, my circumstance. I will not be depressed. It doesn't even stand the chance.
that when you wait on him, he will do the work if you let him. And I know that God is not through. So we're just going to wait a few more minutes because I know he's in the room. And I know there's some weights that God want to lift. And the only thing you have to do is give them to him. You've been holding on to them too long. You've been trying to fight a battle that's already been won. The only thing we're required to do is fight the good fight of faith. Because the battle has already been won. And I'm telling you, it's in your praise. Your breakthrough is in your praise. And your praise... It has to be a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Then I need something else. Y'all, I'm not going nowhere until I'm not going to even stop until God tell me to stop. Athea, because there's some suddenness in here right now, some breaking. Shake the foundation. Hallelujah. God want to break up some things. We need a breaking in this room because sometimes we get all caught up in us and we make it all about us. We make it all about what people perceive us to be. But it's time to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. We want to worship him the right way. We want to let go of us and allow him to move right in the midst of you. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. We're going to move when God say move. So I'm just going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. You can turn the heat off. Hallelujah. Anybody still got a praise on their lips tonight? Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Believe it or not, the spirit is still moving. Hallelujah. And he may not come the way you want him to come, but I'm telling you, he's right here. He's right in the midst of you to bless you, to heal you, to prosper you, to deliver you, to bring peace to you, to bring joy to you. He's right here.
right. Amen. To shake the foundation with praise. Did you not know that when Paul and Silas was in prison, they shook the foundation with some praise and it loosed the prisoners, not only them, but it loosed the ones that was in prison. So we begin to praise him. One person began to praise him. It's going to lose somebody else because it's like a fire that just radiates through the room. Amen. So the only thing you got to do is lift your hands and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. God is saying this. Whatever you're looking forward, forward. For God to do, you got to know right now that is already done. When you can praise him before you see it, you know you already have it. If you can praise him before you see it, you know that you already have it outside of how you feel. Amen. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. Isn't God just that good? God is so worthy and he's worthy and he's worthy and he is worthy. Amen. We're going to go ahead into the word. But while we were in praise and worship, God want me to do this for someone in this room. He said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. In that verse, he's inviting all of us to come unto him. And some of us have already come unto him. But the problem is, we're not resting. If you're in him, and he's in you, you should have rest. And if you don't have rest, it's not because he didn't give it to you. Because he said, come unto me, all who is heavy laden. And he said, I'll give you rest. Now, y'all got to catch that. If you're in him and he's in you, you should have rest. And if you do not have rest, it's not because he have not given it to you. It's because you allow your problems to be exalted above what you already have. Then he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, he already said, come unto me if you're heavy laden and I'll give you rest. But now he said, take my yoke upon who? And then he says, and learn of me. Are we learning of him? We got to learn of him. And he said, for I'm meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your soul. They go rest again. And then he said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we find him, we have found everything that we need. Why are we not giving him first place in our lives? Why are we not rolling and casting our cares upon him? I'm going to tell you why. Because we don't trust him. When we truly trust him, we're not moved. We're standing still and we're seeing the salvation of the Lord. And in that salvation is the full package, y'all. So when we truly trust God, 
We're not saying that we, we don't get to a place where sometimes we look at the situation, but we want to turn away from that situation and we want to turn to him because we are human. But the more we focus on him, the more we see him more than we see our situation. The enemy want our focus to be off. But when we go into this word and we learn of him and we learn his way of doing things, we will find rest, y'all. In the midst of the storm, we will have rest while everybody's tossing and turning. We will rest in him because we know him. So, Father, we thank you that on today that we have found rest in you. And, God, every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us today, God, I speak that it has been broken right now in the name of Jesus. God, you say, let the redeem of the Lord say so. And God, we're saying so, God, that we have been redeemed. God, we have been brought with a price. The price have already been paid. God, we don't have to go out, Father God, to do it ourselves because you have already done it. So we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of our sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So, Father, we honor you. We glorify you in this service on today, God. We lift you up because you are high and you're lifted up on today in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ, Father God. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us on today. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And Holy Spirit, I need your help today. And I thank you for your help. I thank you for walking alongside of me to assist me in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go back to the book of Nehemiah. And we're going to finish what we didn't finish last week. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 13. Let's hear what the spirit of God has to say unto the church on today. Nehemiah chapter 13. God is doing a great work. Hallelujah. And the word of God now reads. On that day... They read in the book of Moses in the audience of the people and therein was found written that the Ammonite and the Moabite should not come into the congregation of God forever because they met not the children of Israel with bread and with water, but hired Balaam against them that he should curse them. How be it our God turned the curse into a blessing. Now it came to pass when they had heard the law that they separated From Israel, all the mixed multitude. I'm going to stop there and then I'm going to start again. But you can be seated. I want to talk about Tobiah in the church. Tobiah in the church. We talked about these first three verses last Sunday. And I gave you, um, we talked about them briefly. But what was happening was the Ammonites and the Moabites was a mixed multitude. They did not um, come under covenant with Israel. So they had to get rid of the mixed multitude. And by that mixed multitude being amongst them, they would separate them from God. So God was saying last week, he said, get rid of the mixed multitude. We need to get rid of the mixed multitude in the house of God. You need to get rid of the mixed multitude outside of who? Outside the house of God, whoever you're hanging with. You need to get with the mixed multitude. I'm going to say this on Facebook. 
You're hanging with some mixed multitude on Facebook. What am I saying? When you hang with the mixed multitude, even on social media, you become of doing what the mixed multitude do. You become acting like the mixed multitude. You have sayings like the mixed multitude. You want to be in click with the mixed multitude. Whatever they get, you want to try to get. How many friends they have, you want to try to get some friends and don't even know who your friends are. Because you're hanging with the wrong crowd. So when they read this in the book of law, how many are in the word of God to know what the word is saying? How many are really in the word of God to know what the word of God is saying? Because if you're really in the word of God and know what the word of God is saying, when you come out, you should not be doing the same thing that you have done. There should be a change because the word of God will change you. The word of God will set you free. The word of God will bring life unto you. The word of God will separate you. From the things that you used to do. Do we fall short to those things? Yes, we do. But you cannot tell me that when you go into the word of God, the word of life, you still fall and pray to things outside of the word. You cannot tell me that. Because the more you get enlightened and the light come in and illuminate you, it's going to shine in the midst of that darkness that's in the midst of you. And you don't want no more of that. You don't want to hang with that. You don't want to talk that way no more. Change comes into your life. You don't want to be in the same company no more because you feel grieved when you walk amongst them. You're saying, this is not me. This is not who I serve. So God is saying, first of all, get rid of the mixed multitude. When you get rid of the mixed multitude, you're going to get rid of some things in your life that you're finding out that you really didn't need. See, we come attached to many things, to people. We come attached to material things. It's a lot of things that we attach ourselves to because we put those things in the place of God. And sometimes we don't recognize those attachments until they're gone. We don't recognize that we have attached to them more than we have attached to God. Because when it comes to relationships, when it comes to husband and wives and children and all this kind of stuff, and some of us might have animals as our companions, when we become so attached to them and we get so used to them and we put them above God, when something happened, yes, we're supposed to mourn. Don't get me wrong. We're supposed to mourn. But if we're allowing those things and those people to take over, over us and we're seeing them more than we see God guess what we put them above God this is why we have to check ourselves we have to say God whom or what am I putting before you whom am I giving more time than I'm giving you am I giving place to jobs more than I'm giving place to you am I giving place to material things more than I'm giving place to you God do I spend more time on social media than I spend in the word of God am I meditating more on what somebody said on social media than I'm meditating on what the word of God is saying social media will change your perception it'll make you feel you don't do enough It'll make you feel rejected that you need what everybody else have. Everybody go on social media and tell all of their business, which is no business. You tell every move you make on social media. If somebody wanted to kill you, they could find you. Because you tell too much on social media. People don't care if you're getting married. They don't care if you're getting divorced. They don't care if you're getting... They don't care. They may go 
you know, high five or something nice and that make you feel good and they talk about you. But we give place to social media. I'm going to tell you why. Because we're rejected. That's rejection. The enemy made social media for you to get ideas and for you to compare yourself amongst yourself. And the Bible say it's not wise. When you got a good mate, you see somebody else mate giving them flowers, giving them diamonds. All of a sudden your mate ain't good enough because you was on social media. All of a sudden, you was happy being single. But one day, you tapped into social media. And you saw all the people out there going on dates, going on cruises, doing all of this stuff. And now, all of a sudden, you ain't happy with God no more. Because you're seeing what everybody else is doing. Now, your life is meaningless because you don't go nowhere. You don't. Maybe God don't want you to go nowhere at the time. Because the Bible says if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. How do you know what God's desires are if you're always on social media and you're not being still and knowing God? You're letting social media dictate to you and now you're saying God gave you that. No, social media gave you that. And you get that feeling. Y'all know the James Brown syndrome. You get that feeling and you feel so much at peace because you think you found something that God wants you to find. But you found it on social media and not in the word of God. We have to understand that whatever God want to do in our lives, we need to let him do it. And it may not be what he's doing in somebody else's life. Everything that you see somebody else do don't mean you got to do it. Everything that you hear somebody else say don't mean you have to say it. But we try to keep up with society. We try to keep up with the world. I'm still talking about mixed multitude. We're mixing ourselves among things that we should not mix ourselves amongst. And God want us to be ye separated so people will know that we are different. This is why God said when you go into these lands... You're going to see the Canyonites. You're going to see the Hittites, the Gergesites. You're going to see all these ites in these lands. He said, when you go in there, they should see a difference between you and them. You don't intermingle with them. That's why God gave them laws to show them who he was. So when they went into other lands, they can present God into those other lands and say, this is not how we roll. you to go in and I want you to was coming in the midst of darkness not to mingle with them he said not to even marry them because they're not a part of you see right now we grab anybody because they seem so nice we grab anybody because they buy us all of this see money a buy people if a man um, keep putting stuff before a woman and she gets so used to it, she feel like she can't do without it. But if you rely on those things, that means that, hey, you're not relying on God. Don't let nobody take you out of the place that you're in with God. And I want to tell you, when you get in a place just like last Sunday, when the power of God come in the house and God was doing some things, I guarantee you some people don't even remember the place. 
Because in order to keep that fire lit and burning, you have to go into the word of God. And you got to say, God, burn up everything in me that's not of you. I don't want to wait until Sunday come. I want you to deal with me before Sunday comes again. Because I know, God, that something happened in my life. So we got to get rid of the mixed multitude. And after they said that, God began to show me something. He began to talk about what happened in verse 4. It said, and before this, Elisha, the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto Tobiah. That means he was a relative of Tobiah. And he had prepared for him a great chamber where four times they laid the meat offering, frankincense, the vessels, and the tithes of corn, new wine and oil, which was commanded to be given to the Levites, the singers, the porters, and the offerings of the priests. So what happened was, this um, Elisha, what he did, he gave one of his relatives a chamber, a storeroom in the temple for him to do his business in. And by him giving him that room, they had to take everything out of that room that was used for the services of God. That was used for things kept for the priests, for the Levites. So the priests and Levites, they always served in the temple. And by them taking out the stuff that was collected for them, they had to go out and work. So they could not serve in the temple no more. So they had to go out and find jobs. And then the uh, stuff that they was using for the work of the service, they took that out too. I want y'all to catch this. Tobiah was an enemy. But Tobiah worked his way into the temple. He couldn't get to the holiest place. But he worked his way into the temple to to cause havoc. And by causing havoc, the things that God wanted to be done could not be done. God had already told him what he wanted to do, but the enemy was in one of the storerooms. I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. Tobiah has come in the church openly and inwardly. And we're allowing him to come in. I'm going to back up to let you know about Tobiah. I'm going to start back in Ezra. Ezra and Nehemiah, I'm telling you y'all, when you study those books... And you see what God was doing in Ezra and Nehemiah and went on in Esther. When Ezra came, he was a scribe. He started talking in Ezra 7. But before then, then God had Zerubbabel to lead the people um, back to Jerusalem that was in captivity. They come out of captivity because God changed a king's heart. See, God will change a world ruler. He will turn his heart to what, this is what I'm saying. We're fussing about government instead of seeking God about what's going on in the government. We're trying to do it our way instead of doing it God's way. When the government is in control, what we have to do is turn our hearts to God and begin to pray with what's going on and pray the way God wants us to pray. God turned the king's heart. And the king allowed Zerubbabel to bring the people back to Jerusalem. But when he brought them back to Jerusalem, the temple was tore up, y'all. That temple was tore up because y'all know Nebuchadnezzar come in there and he burnt that temple down. They took everything out of that temple. Now I'm going back to the beginning. Y'all is so good. We know in the beginning what God did. He created 
you know, everything in the beginning. And he created man in his image, meaning male and female. He told them what he wanted them to do. He told them that he wanted them to reign over the earth. He wanted them to have dominion. He wanted them to subdue the earth. To do the earth mean that they had to come together. They had to be fruitful. They had to multiply. God wanted himself all over the earth. And by him being all over the earth, it's through his spirit that God would reign and rule through man. So we know Adam and Eve, they had the spirit of God on the inside of them, right? And y'all check this. When God created man, we know he created him from what? The dust of the ground, right? But he had to blow his breath into man's body for man to be a living soul. It was just a body there. But God said, that body is where I want to be housed. Y'all want y'all to check this out. He said, that body is where I want my spirit to be. So God had to take that one body, which housed male and female. God made them one through that one body. But God said, you need some wind. You need some breath from me in order for you to live and be a living soul. Without the breath of God, the life of God, you just a dead body. That's why when you see these castings up here, that's just a dead body. God said, I don't live there no more. He said, my spirit have left that temple. That's just a dead body. From dust you were created and from dust you're going to Y'all better hear what I'm saying. So there it is. There was Adam, which represented male and female. Woman was already in the body of Adam. It was both of them. You know why? Because God is one. He's about unity. Women, don't forget this. It ain't no Jezebel and Ahab. We're one. See, we forget that God created us as one. It's about one. You have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is tri- what Trinity. That means three. But it's one God in the three. We forget it. So, there go Adam sitting there. And God told Adam what he wanted him to do. Guess what? They were one. He told him how he wanted him to keep the garden, how he wanted him to work the garden. He said, come on, Adam, I done prepared the place for you. Now I want you to work what I have prepared. I want you to keep, I want you to guard what I have prepared for you. Everything you need, Adam, is right here. But don't you touch this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because the day you touch it, the day you eat from it, not touch it, you shall surely die, not physically, But spiritually, he said, because my spirit is going to depart from that temple that I was housing. So he told Adam he didn't want him to be alone. So God said, what I'm going to do, y'all check this out. He had to put Adam into a deep sleep. And he had to take what? That rib. But that rib was coming from the womb, W-O-M-B, of Adam, which means womb man. Y'all better understand it come from the womb because the rib is connected to the womb. So he brought the woman out of the womb of Adam spiritually. And Adam called her Eve. And Adam recognized, I'm going to tell you why Adam recognized all of this and why he could call her Eve because God's spirit was in Adam. 
And everything that Adam did come from the spirit of the living God. He said, now this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. He said, I'm going to leave father and mother and I'm going to cleave, be joined unto this woman. That's what he did. So y'all know what happened. The enemy was mad. The enemy didn't want union. He didn't want one. He wanted to be in charge. He wanted to be the head, right? But God was in them. And they talked with God in the presence, what, in the cool of the day. How did they talk with God? God's spirit was right there. So as they began to talk with God, the presence of God walked amongst them. The presence of God come out of them. God works from inside out. So as God's presence was with them, y'all know what happened. God's presence departed from them. And the reason why was because of what? Sin. So we see in the beginning, man and woman was God's what? Temple. This is where the presence of God resided. When we move further in Exodus, God said, I want to dwell amongst my people. So I need for you, Moses, to do a tabernacle, but that tabernacle have to be after my pattern. My way of doing things. So God had him to set up a tabernacle, but God, that's what he did. He had them to take stuff from Egypt and bring it into this tabernacle, but God sanctified it. He set it aside and made it fit for his use. He said everything in this tabernacle got to be sanctified. It got to be made holy. Where am I going? Everything in this world is contaminated. But when I go by it, I sanctify it, I set it apart, and it's made holy and fit for God's use. That's why everything that you put on, you begin to speak over and say, I sanctify you. I set you aside. I'm making you fit for the Father's use. You don't just go buy clothes and put them on and walk in them. Because you in a fallen world. You got to sanctify your clothes. I'm going to tell y'all why. I'm going to give you an example. Someone had given me some clothes because I was a director at the hospital. And the Lord blessed me with some clothes. And one night I was in my bed. I had my suit hanging up there over the closet. And I was in the bed. And I saw a black mist. Went in the midst of the suit. And the suit was flying. Just moving back and forth. And I'm like, you know how you rub your eyes and say, I must be asleep. No, I wasn't sleeping. I opened my eyes again, and I'm seeing that black mist, and I hit my husband. I say, did you see that? He thought I was crazy. So the Lord told me, he said, I want you to take every piece of clothing that you have in that closet, and I want you to cover it in my blood. I want you to sanctify it. I want you to set it aside. I want it to be for my use of service. Y'all don't understand. Even your food, every bit of food that you eat, you're supposed to bless it. You're supposed to sanctify it. The reason why is because you don't know what you're eating. But I'm going to bless the food before it go in my body because this is his It's in the word. Some people say you don't have to bless your food. Why you let the devil talk to you? I'm going to read it to you because some of you don't believe it. See, if you're in your word, you wouldn't come against the word. If you're in your word, you will not come against the word. Go with me to 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. 
which says, verse 3, forbidding to marry, commanded to abstain from meats, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving, of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Whoop, there it is. See, some people tell people, oh, you don't have to bless your food. It's already blessed. You got to bless it. You got to sanctify it. You got to set it aside. You don't know what they're using this food for. Come on, half of this stuff that's coming in food now, recalls being done. You already done ate it. And now they done found out what's in it, but you done ate it and don't even know when you ate it. I remember old folks would leave stuff on the stove and just leave it out two, three days and come back and eat it. Wouldn't harm him at all. Now, I ain't leaving no food out for no three days. See, I ain't got got that built up yet. (laughs) But wouldn't they do it? And tell you it's okay. See, back then, they would keep canned goods for years. We see the out of date. We throw it away. But do y'all know you? I found out that it's still in date after the end date. See, when you don't know these things, you build up a fear and your body reacts according to the fear that you build up. Oh, Lord, I'm going to die if I eat it. Just die. See, this is why you got to know what the word of God is saying. So we get back how God wanted to dwell amongst the people. So he was setting up a tabernacle. Everything in that tabernacle had to be sanctified. It had to be set apart. You just didn't come up in there any kind of way. They had to have burnt offerings. They had to have sacrifices for what? For sin. Then when you go a little bit further, we look at Solomon's temple, which David, he wanted to build a temple, a house for God. But God said, David, you can't do it. You don't shed too much blood. He said, so his son did it, which was Solomon. And that temple was so awesome. He didn't leave nothing unturned. He wanted the best for God. This is the temple that got burnt up, y'all, that got burnt down. But then when you go a little bit further, you see Herod or Herod. You see his temple, which was coming from Ezra. Ezra, I'm going back to Ezra, when Ezra and them had to build this temple back up that was uh, torn down, which was Solomon's temple. And so Zerubbabel brought the people back in, but when he brought them back in, you know the first thing that he did? He built an altar. Before he even laid the foundations of the temple, he built an altar. And the reason why he built an um, altar was because the burnt sacrifices had to be done. And that was to cover sin. So they build an altar before God, before the foundations was even laid. But then they started doing the foundation of the temple. When they start doing it, how many know when you start doing a work for the Lord, the enemy is coming? Because the enemy don't want you to do a work for the Lord. So he's going to come in and try to hinder that work. And that's what he did in Ezra. He came in and he tried to hinder the work of the Lord. He tried to stop it. And guess what? It did stop for a while. But when they looked back and looked at what was written, the king couldn't do nothing. But let them start this work again. But in starting this work again... Zerubbabel, he led some people back to Jerusalem with him. This is why you got to have a leader. And you got to have the leader that God has called, not who the people have chosen. See, God has his chosen 
remnant of people that God uses because God is not going to choose people. Well, I'll say this because the Holy Spirit is correcting me. He chose Saul and he became Paul because when God chose him, he was letting him know you're going to suffer many things for my name's sake because he persecuted the Christians. Paul could have turned away from that call of God, but he didn't because he saw the light. That come down out of heaven. But we see here that Zerubbabel, he was the first ones to lead some people back to Jerusalem to build the temple. But then here come Ezra. God brought Ezra back in and he brought some back over here to build the temple. And Ezra was a scribe. But the Bible said what Ezra did, y'all, Ezra had to bring in the law. You got to understand that when a temple is built, we are the temple. And in order for this temple to function the way God wanted to function, you got to know the word of God. Your body cannot function without the word of God. Some people's bodies are functioning on fornication, on adultery, on sin. That's not God's way. So God is saying, you are the temple of God. But when we look at this, when he brought them back dealing with the temple, the enemy did come in. Now I'm going forward. I'm going to show you something. When we look at um, Herod, is it Herod or Herod? Herod? When we look at his temple, that's coming from the temple that the people rebuilt during Ezra's time. Y'all remember Jesus said, if you tear down this temple, they was thinking it was the temple that was built. He was talking about him. But this is the part I want to show you. They were preparing for what God was getting ready to do through his son. The Bible said the word became flesh and dwelled among us. Jesus was the temple. So God was showing them through this man, through Jesus, everything that God had to offer them through his son, Jesus. So everything that they needed was dwelling amongst them. The word was dwelling amongst them for healing, for deliverance, for prosperity, for peace, for joy. He said, the word is right here, walking among you. I'm bringing you the kingdom right here and right now. But Jesus knew that I'm not going to stay here with you. God is showing you that he still want to dwell amongst you in all of your mess. Come on, he's starting over again from Adam and Eve. He put his presence in a body. He didn't need to be made with a temple made with hands. So God allowed Jesus to walk the earth and we saw the miracles and we saw the things that Jesus done. But Jesus had to be crucified. Let me tell you why. Because God said, I just don't want my spirit to be in one man. He said, I need a lot of people that my spirit can be into that can carry this good news where the world won't have to be in sin. So what he did, Jesus had to die. When Jesus was crucified, the Bible says that that veil, it torn from the top to the bottom. Why? God said, because I want my Holy Spirit to come out. The place that they have me, where they had the Ark of Covenant, they have, God said, I want my spirit to come out where everybody have access to my spirit. This is why Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. He said, God is going to send you the promise from the father, which will live in you and dwell in you forever. Y'all got to catch this. So when you go back to Ezra and Nehemiah, they were building the temple. And in that temple that they were building, dealing with Ezra, they wanted God to be in the midst, right? And they wanted to do things God's way, but they had opposition. 
Each time they would try something, they had opposition. But you got to have a leader that knows God. Each time they had opposition, God was sending a prophet. And God was sending a word through that prophet to encourage them for the work of God to go on. This is why in the house of God, you got to have the fivefold. It has to be into alignment. See, the problem is the church is being run by somebody, a dictator. Under democracy. That was not God's plan. When you know how the church need to be run, we won't have people bucking up against what God is doing. We got too many people bucking up against it because you don't know what God wants. You don't know the pattern of God. So when we know what, what God wants, we can follow pursuit. So all of them work together to get it done. By the time Ezra come in, he had to teach them God's way of doing. But the Bible said Ezra had to prepare his heart. Ezra had to know the law of God in order to give it to the people of God. So as Ezra was giving them these laws, guess what? Here come the enemy again. Matter of fact, they wanted to help with the work of the temple. And they said, no, I'm paraphrasing. You can't help us with this work. You have no part of this work. What's going on with the churches today? We're letting anybody come into church and do what they want to do outside of what the word of God says. People are after titles. People want to be seen and heard and attached to. They want a card to go here and go there. And by the way, they don't even check you at the door to see if you got the little card. No. So this is what was happening. So they were doing it God's way. So Ezra was teaching the people and building the temple. They got the temple built through Ezra. But there became a problem while they were going through the process of building. God told them that they should not marry people outside of Israel. The priests... The leaders end up marrying these women outside of Israel. Guess what? Ezra got so upset, he began to call on the Lord. He began to cry out. Let me tell you something. When you are a good pastor, when you are a good leader, and you see people out of place, you begin to cry out to the Lord. You begin to seek God, and you begin to say, God, what would you have us to do? Because God, when they do something, it's just like I've done it. Because I know you, and that's not you. So Ezra began to pray to God and Ezra told the people they had to get rid of these wives and these children that was amongst them that did not have a right to be a part of what God was doing. He said that unholy seed is mingling with the holy seed of God. That don't happen. So they came together and they got rid of them. They were in alignment with what the leader was telling them. When you have a leader and the leader is telling you, don't let fornication, don't let adultery, don't let homosexuality, don't let these things dwell amongst you that God has already paid the price for. You don't let it happen because you love God just that much. So even in the book of Ezra, when they needed some help with something, Ezra said, I can't even ask the king. He said, because if I ask the king, the king is going to look at our God like our God is nothing. So I'm going to believe God that God is going to help us with our journey. So anytime you tell a person, my God can, quit asking other people. Because God will turn the hearts of the people towards you. 
So Ezra and them built the temple, y'all. And when they built that temple, we go back into Nehemiah. And here go Nehemiah. The temple was built, but guess what? Who's the temple? We're the temple. But the walls were not yet up. See, those walls were walls of protection. So the enemy wouldn't be able to come in. So the walls had to be built. Built, And here's Nehemiah. Nehemiah was going to build those walls. God sent Nehemiah in to check it out. He didn't tell nobody nothing. Talk to the elders. Another person. He turned his heart and gave him everything he needed to build the walls. What am I saying? When God gives you a work to do. When God's hands are in that work, God is going to turn the hearts of men and women and children and whoever. He's going to turn them towards you to get the work of God done. I'm telling you something. And they won't even know how it happened. See, we got to understand God has a way of doing things and it's past our finding out and figuring out. We got to let God do it. Quit trying to do it with your own strength and let God do it. We trying to fix something God has already fixed. So everything Nehemiah needed to build the wall, God had it prepared for him. But then there was opposition. The day that Nehemiah was looking at what needed to be done and seeking God, then here come the enemy. Tobiah was one of the enemies. Symbalat was one of the enemies that come against him in this building. But he didn't let it stop him because he knew that God had already blessed the work. So y'all know what happened? They still was coming at Nehemiah. Trying to stop him from doing what God has called him to do. So as he got further in the process of building and the walls was almost built, they was trying to stop the work, but they couldn't stop what God was doing. They even sent a false prophet in. What was they telling him? They was telling him to come down using the prophet. He said, why should I come down? Why should this work cease? This is a great work that God is doing. So we know that Nehemiah would not let Tobiah, he would not let the other enemies stop him from doing what God has called him to do. The enemy will use false prophets to take you off of that wall because he want to open it in that wall so he can go in there and try to cause havoc to stop you from getting what God has already provided. So here is Nehemiah. He would never come down. Even after um, they were on the wall and they was working, the Bible said they had a mind to work. I'm going to tell you why they had a mind to work. Because God gave them that mind. Because they was willing. The willing and the obedient will always eat the good of the land. See, when it comes to the church, you got people coming against the ones that have a mind to work. See, the enemy is using the church to come against each other. He's using division. But a leader is going to see that and a leader is going to step in and a leader is going to call down what the enemy is trying to build up. So that wall, we know the wall was built. Nehemiah had to leave, and I'm, I'm, I'm going forward. I'm getting to um, chapter 13. And while Nehemiah was gone, he did return. The same Tobiah, the same enemy that wanted to help with the work, that could not help, that opposed the work about four or five times, there was a letter sent to Nehemiah saying, Tobiah has changed. Tobiah is a good person. Nehemiah still didn't go for that. But when Nehemiah returned, he saw the enemy in a chamber, in a storeroom of the house of God. What is God saying? You let the enemy in. When you let strife in your life, you let the enemy in. 
When you let lying, when you let all of these sins in your life, you giving the enemy room. You giving the enemy a chamber and that chamber that he's using, he can't touch your spirit, but he can mess with your soul all day. And when he mess with your soul, the body is going to follow. Your body is the temple. Did you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? This is where God dwells. He came to live amongst you. God said, I want to be amongst you. So everywhere you go, you carry me. Everything that you do, you represent me. When you sin, you act like I'm a sinner. That's not who I am. So then let him in. To that room. They let him stay there. So guess what? By him being there, worship stopped. The priests couldn't do their job. The Levites, the singers could not do their job. When somebody is off on Judah, Judah is off. When you let the enemy in in your praise and worship, it's going to set the rest of the people off. Why? Because the enemy got to use somebody to shut it down. But when you recognize where that breach come in at, you want to close that up and you want to tell the enemy, not up in here. You get the going. But we're not recognizing because we're allowing Tobiah to take over the church. We're allowing Tobiah a storeroom to do what Tobiah want to do. See, Tobiah was in that storeroom carrying out his own business. Remember Jesus when he went into the temple? They were selling, doing all of this, and Jesus took a whip out, and he was throwing them out of the temple. When have you thrown strife out, anger out, stubbornness out, rebellion out, sickness out? When have you thrown them out? That's a Tobiah. See, Tobiah's in there doing what Tobiah want to do because we let Tobiah do it, but then we try to justify what Tobiah's doing. See, he used somebody. That was close to him to get in the temple. Who are you using? Who are you allowing? That's close to you to get close. See, some of y'all, I'm just going to be honest with you. People will come up to you and say something good and all of a sudden, they all right. No, they ain't. That's why God gives you discerning of spirits to notice what's going on around you. When you're not full of the word, you're full of something else. You're not going to recognize what's going on, and especially if God is sending you, you somebody to help you and show you what to do before it happened, and you still stuck with Tobiah. You don't want to kick Tobiah out, so you don't want to take the advice of God from someone else. God said it's time to kick Tobiah out of the church. It's time to search yourself and see where is Tobiah hiding in your life. Because if you can't praise him no more, Tobiah's in there. If you can't worship him like he need to be worshipped, Tobiah's in there. If you can't love your neighbor like you love yourself, Tobiah's in the church. If you carry no offense, Tobiah's in the church. If you can't love your wife the way Christ loved the church, you giving Tobiah room. Husband, wives, if you can't submit to your husbands, you giving Tobiah some room. Tobiah's in the house. And we bring him in here. When we don't humbly submit ourselves to God, we bring Tobiah in the church. And God said it's time to kick Tobiah out of the church. He's not bringing these messages in these church for no reason. 
He got to use somebody in the church to stagnate the process of what God is doing. And if you don't take the time to say, Lord, is it me? Lord, if I, am I holding up something that you want to do in the church because I want to make it about me? If you always worry about who speak to you, who call you, who's not there for you to buy us in the church. Because see, first of all, you got to understand you are three part being. Your spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the real you. God said, I want to work from the inside out, not outside in. And we're working. The enemy worked from outside in. What part of you is Tobiah holding? God said, whatever it is, you need to get rid of it because I have given you right. And I have given you dominion to get rid of Tobiah. And as long as you let Tobiah stay in the temple, you will not be able to move the way God wants you to move. God is going to back up. I said it last Sunday. When you don't hear the spirit of the Lord when he's talking to you, you're going to have to fall. God loves you so much. He sends people to tell you what to do and not to do. Some people are so stubborn, they feel like they got it all figured out. So they say, no, I feel good about this, so this is what I'm going to do. You know what I have learned? My so good feelings can affect my family. Just because I feel good about it don't mean I should do it. I need to check to see if that's my emotions or is that the spirit of the living God. I don't need to do it because I feel good. Shoot, I buy a pocketbook and feel good, but after I buy it, that, that's over. I don't know about you. I can buy an outfit and feel good about it. But after I wear it, I want another one. Come on, everything you can feel good about, but that don't mean it's God. See, the the feelings that I have, they're spiritual feelings. That means if I don't get a pocketbook, I'm still feeling good. If I don't get an outfit, I'm still feeling good. I am content with what I have. If I pass on what I got, I'm still feeling good because I know who take care of me. That's a God feeling. But if I don't want to give up what I had, Tobias in the house because God is a giving God. So we got to understand the difference in what God want to do. If you feel like you can't live without a man or a woman, Tobias done got a storeroom in the temple. And Tobias need to be kicked out. God is saying this, y'all, for a reason. And it's time for us to take heed. He's bringing too much miracle temple in this house for you to be in the same situation you were in 10, 15, even what? A month ago. That should be change. You shouldn't be the same way you used to be. If you never gave nothing to nobody after a month, you should be willing to give something. A Dorito, a pork chop, something. If you can't give that up, something is wrong. That's gluttony. Gluttony's in the house. So we got to recognize that it's not about us. It's all about him. And this is the part I like. The Holy Spirit is so good. Nehemiah, the great leader that he was, when Nehemiah come back, I think it was 12 years later, Nehemiah come back to check on everything. He saw that Tobiah with a chamber. He saw Tobiah living large and the priests and the Levites, they out there trying to um, take care of their families when the people supposed to have been taking care of them. He said, oh no, you getting out of here. He threw him out. He did a house cleansing. 
He cleansed that room. He told them to put everything back like it's supposed to be. And guess what? They did it too. And Tobiah got thrown out of that house. So the word is what cleansed you. This is why, and I'm going to close here. Y'all remember the tabernacle. You had to come through the gate, right? And to come through that gate, what did you have to bring? A perfect sacrifice. It had to be a lamb without spot or blemish. We know that Jesus is that lamb. Jesus is the door. There's no way we can get to the father without who? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the what? Life. So when we get to that door, we got that perfect sacrifice. See, I got Jesus. I'm going through the door. But then there is an altar. Do you know, y'all, every day we got to make our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable what? This is our what? Act of worship. So that means every day, some of us need to stay right here. Say, burn it up. Burn it up, God. But God say, you know what's going to help you to burn it up? Being not conformed to this world, but being ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. That's why you got to stay at this labor. You got to wash yourself in the word of God. See, some of us is not, we still in the outer. When are you going to come past these places? So you can get in the presence of the Lord. You know when you're going to pass it? When you let go of you. Every day. It's supposed to be sweeter than the day before. You're supposed to see yourself growing in grace. If you've been saved 20 years and don't see no growth, whoo, then you better check your salvation. Because even a baby in a womb got to grow before it come out. And when that baby come out of that womb, that baby got to be taught by those parents the way that they should go. The Bible teach us the way that we should go. Once we are saved, we just don't stop. And people are allowing people. Well, they have a choice. Why are you hanging around folk and you're telling them what the word is saying and they're saying they're saved, but they're cursing still in front of you, not respecting the God that's in you. They're playing ungodly music in front of you, not respecting the God. Can parents tell me this? Who pay the bills in the house? Ain't nobody got no room in my house if they ain't paying no bills. I don't care how old you are. You can be 50. And you in a room of my house and you got rock and roll and every kind of pornography and everything. I'm going to clean that room. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Everything is going to be done. Don't be saying that's my daughter's room. That's my son. No, 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 no. They're just here. I don't go in that room. I don't mess with nothing in that room. Excuse me. I'm going to go in that room and throw everything out that ain't Jesus. They got their part of the house. I got mine. But I can't worship God in this house with all that foolishness going on. It's confusion in this house. I want peace in my house. 
So when things are not right in your house, you do a cleansing in your house because that's your atmosphere. That's where you worship God. You don't let anything be in your atmosphere because your child is in your house. You may not catch him, but when you're in prayer, the Lord will show it to you. He will show you, y'all. He will show you what's going on. He will even show you the company that they're keeping. I remember when Jeremy was young, he said, Mama, can my cousin stay with me? Sure, they can stay with your son. The day they left, I was up reading my Bible, and I saw a dark mist just walk down my heart. I said, oh, Jesus, you getting up out of here? It come in through who was in my house. So we had to cleanse the house. We had to say, "Uh uh-uh, as for me and my house. See, your atmosphere is important, y'all. What you put out of your mouth is your atmosphere. Y'all didn't know that? What you say is your atmosphere. When your TV is running at night, you don't know what's on it. Your atmosphere is saturated and evil if the channels are being turned. It's your atmosphere. If you got depression in the atmosphere, it's because you brought it in there. It need a body. The enemy used the temple of God as his avenue through the soul to get you to speak into the atmosphere. And that's how you live. See, when you don't know about these things, you continually do these things. And you're wondering why you don't have rest in your house. You're wondering why you're tossing and turning. Do you need to ask the Lord, what have I let up in here? What have I allowed in here that should not be in here? And the Lord will show it to you just like Nehemiah. Nehemiah came in and he cleansed that house. God said it's time for a spiritual house cleansing. And we have to allow God. And you know what? Quit saying, God, can you do this for me? God said, I gave you power. I gave you authority. To speak those things that be not as though they were. Why are you waiting for me to do something? I'm in heaven and you on earth. Whatever you bind on earth, I'm a binding in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'm going to loose it in heaven. Why are you telling me to come out my throne when I'm in you? I've given you the rights over the earth. Yes, God is a sovereign God, but God has given you the authority and the right down here. God said, that's why I gave you the earth. So you can handle it down here. The only way I open up heaven is you speak. You got to do the speaking. Quit asking God for money. What the Bible say? You don't work, you don't eat. God has given you the power to get wealth. He said whatever your hands touch is blessed. Your hands got to touch a hammer, a saw, a broom, a mop, dishes, something. Don't say what you can never do. Touch them dishes and say, you said you blessed the works of my hand. These going to be the cleanest dishes up here in McDonald's. You better come on and fry some chicken. We trying to pick and choose. Because we think I'm better than frying chicken. I'm better than washing dishes. God said, I need some people saved up in there. Get on up in there. Come on, he'll transform you. He'll change you. You can't tell me God won't make a way, but he already know your heart. When you think you too good to do that, come on, that's when God said, uh-uh, you ain't ready yet. 
You want to preach to my people, but you don't want to do what I'm telling you to do. I'm telling you, that's where I want you to go because I got to bring you low to bring you up. You too high up here. Do y'all know you need money down here? I ain't never seen a light bill stay on without no money. I ain't never seen you talk on no phone without no money. Not unless you make arrangements and if those arrangements don't go through, they're going to cut you off. Because that's a promise to pay. Have anybody ever seen something without no money? These lights wouldn't be on if we didn't have no money. And some of y'all want to act a little funny with that. He give us the power to get wealth. He tell us what to do. He put the power to it. It comes through you. But he give you a mind to work. Why some of us don't have a mind to work? Because we're full of pride. Come on, people can offer people jobs and they be like, well, that's not me. That's just not me. Okay, starved then. God is a good God, y'all. And God makes a way for all of us. But we have to go into the word of God and see what God is saying and get to buy you out of the church. And let's quit playing, y'all, for real. We're supposed to come in here, get built up so we can go out there and tell them what God has already done. You don't have to live like you're living because I know a God. See, but the problem is we want to rule in here. You're supposed to go out there and be disciples. You're supposed to bring them back in here to get taught so they can make disciples. It's the making of disciples. It ain't about no title because God is going to call whom he wants to be in here to teach to go out there. But when I'm out there, I ain't too good to tell somebody about Jesus. We think because we got a title, we're supposed to have people carrying our robes, carrying our Bibles, and you do this and you do that. No! We try to be too good. We want to go out with collars on to let people know I'm a menace of what? Of what? We do that because we want to be recognized. We want people to recognize us by title. You don't even have to call me by name because I know who I am. It ain't going to offend me because I know who I am and I know who I belong to. He brought me to this place, not me and not you. So I'm not going to get offended because you don't put apostle and pastor before my name. We do respect people with titles, but we don't put them up here. Let's get to buy out of the church. Let's work on every day by going into the word and say, God, search me. Amen. God, see what's in me. God, deal with me first. But y'all, I'm going to tell you something. People so far out of here, it's a shame. People want be, to be delivered. They want to be set free. But if you win the word, you should know you've already been delivered. But see, there's a trespasser that have come on the scene that want to make you feel like you haven't been delivered. But when you go into the word and know that you've been justified, you've been acquitted, you've been made righteous, you've been sanctified, you've been reconciled, you've been redeemed. When the enemy come to you, say, don't try that mess with me because I know who I am. So see, the enemy mess with your mind and your mind. 
controls your body. See, this is his temple. The enemy say, if I can get into your mind, that body is going to be all out of whack. If I tell that body is sick, the body is going to be sick. If you don't dismiss that thought. Because whatever's going on in the atmosphere, they say you're going to get it. The devil is a lie. But we accept it because that's what they say. We got to renew the mind. Daily. Daily. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Tuesdays. But every day we got to pick up the word. Every day. Every day. Every opportunity you get. You need to pick it up and say, God, illuminate me. Let that light shine. Show me what I don't see. We waste time, y'all, but we call people and want people to pray for us. Get into it for yourself. Daddy was sharing with me and my husband the other day that they making a car now that you can think about it starting and it'll start. That's what they're working on now. Thinking about your car starting and the things start. Keep it. It's your mind. Did y'all not know your mind control your body? Did you not know this yet? So why are you allowing thoughts that are not of God to control you? You know why? Because we lazy. We don't want to get into the word until something really get a hold of us. Now we're trying to find a scripture. Now we're trying to tell people what we're standing on. Don't even know what it means. Now we want to pray a little bit longer because something's happening. See, if you were praying all along, you would knew what was coming before it happened. Then you can be at some rest. But now you want to take the time and. Oh, yes, Lord, I feel your presence. He What did he say? You don't know. Because you ain't even t- taking the time to know his voice. You don't even know if he's speaking or if the devil is speaking. You just take what you can get if you can just get a little chill with all your hollering. You got to know when he's speaking. And you got to know when he's speaking through somebody. Get Tobiah out of the church. Come on and get God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.